Welcome back into another episode of Go Big 12 or Go Home. I'm Brandon Shanahan, joined as always by Iowa broadcasting legend Drew Russell. Ooh-wee, what a slate of football we got going on this week. How you holding up there, Drew? Oh, man, cheers to the freaking weekend, Brandon. We could use it. I can't wait, personally. we got some great college football. The weather is cooling down. It's starting to feel like fall, and I, for one, am absolutely ecstatic. And uh, the big thing is, Brandon, we got some big jackets coming back. So, you know what? I don't look as, as fat out there, too, which is great. So, <laughs> big, big puffy jackets. You know, boy, that's a big jacket. Like, yep, it's all the jacket. It ain't me. I, I can hide that, that up for a little while and uh, pretend to go to the gym. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, hoodie season's the, the, the best one out there. We're, we're finally getting into it here. I mean, even in Texas, we're able to like survive in it now. It's, it's still not, you know, still eighties, but um, you know, we 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 can we can make it. And lots of good you football know, going on. All oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, fall is such an elite season. You know, I, I everybody's got it's their not. favorite seasons, Brandon. You know, usually winter isn't the main one for most people. Kind of a fight between fall, summer, spring depends on what you like. For me personally, I just there's something about fall that's rejuvenation. You know, it cools down. You have such good sports. There's so many postseason sports going on. Just a good time of year. It just always is, always will be. It's as good as it gets here. And college football, I, I think, is the reason that that football in general is what pushes fall over over the, the, the top for me here. And this weekend is the perfect example of that. Lots of good football going on here. Lots of good Big 12 football, which we'll really dive into here. But just kind of want to throw out a couple of other games throughout the, the country here. Alabama and Texas A&M. This one, when I was doing my preseason picks, uh, this one I, I had circled for Texas A&M. This feels like the, the kind of game that they that they would find a way to, to steal. Um, and if I'm going to have any you know ability to push that kind of a agenda and credibility in the SEC, this is this is a big one for me. Oh, it is. And and Alabama, look, they've lost once. They've looked vulnerable, but they're still winning. They had a convincing win against Mississippi State last Saturday night. And, you know, for QB, you know, for Monroe, he's, he's looking more comfortable. And their defense is looking a little better. But this is a winnable game for A&M. It really is. And I'm kind of with you, Brandon, as much as I hate to say it, for a team that is, uh, you know, talks a lot for literally never winning uh, with, with that fan base. Um, you know, they do have talent. They've been able to kind of use NIL uh, really to their advantage in terms of kind of channeling money uh, to those players. So you give them a lot of credit uh, there for sure. They got a shot. It really is going to come down to coaching. I still trust Nick Saban more than Jimbo Fisher, but A&M has as much talent as Alabama, which is crazy, but they do. So it will be a fascinating game. And then the only uh, ranked versus ranked matchup here, uh, Kentucky and Georgia. You know, I don't don't get too uh, too crazy here. I think Georgia hasn't looked very good recently. Um, they, they do get the home game. It is a 6 p.m. game, so it'll be rowdy in Athens. But um, both undefeated SEC teams um, should, should be some good ball. Should be. And Kentucky just absolutely ran over Florida last week. Just crushed them. And they had such a big week on the ground. Georgia has not looked good. And I think a lot of people are going to build the narrative throughout the week that Kentucky has a shot. And I think they do. I think the right circumstances have to come into play. George is going to hear that, though. And I just, mm -hmm. Kirby Smart's the type of guy, it's like, I don't know, he's like the Bill Belichick of college football when it comes to putting up this bizarre bulletin board material that I'm not really sure works. Uh, you know, where he said, well, I had last year when they won their national championship, and well, we had people picking us at seven and five in the preseason. I'm like, who? Literally, who? I'm sorry. Who, honestly. So for them, I'm sure they're going to hear it throughout the week. I think it's going to inspire them. You're dead right. Nighttime game. Going to have some energy in Athens. And I think Georgia, honest to God, is weirdly going to cruise in the game. I really do. I know they struggled against Auburn last week. 
but they're on the road. Auburn always plays in fire. Jordan Hare is a great stadium, tough to play in. So, um, you know, I think Georgia plays with energy this week and, and, you know, maybe Kentucky's kind of flying high after crushing Florida last week. And, you know, I think comes back down to earth. Yeah, Georgia minus 14 and a half feels like a, a pretty easy one there. But the only uh, other ranked 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 matchup outside of the, the, the Big 12 here or soon to be outside of the uh, the SEC here. Uh, actually, another one here, LSU and Missouri. Uh, I kind of left that one off the list because Missouri being ranked still doesn't quite feel, feel right here. But also just want to throw this out here, LSU, the only two-loss team in the country that's ranked getting that SEC boost, so good for them. Um, you know, there's plenty of ranked teams who give up 700 yards of offense. Um, so, you know, hats off to them for, for, for that performance. Yeah. Mizzou is a fascinating program because they are undefeated. They're flying high fan base, getting a little chatty. They believe in coach Eli Drinkwitz, uh, beat Kansas state at home, barely beat them, but they got the win and now an opportunity to play an LSU team that no one's really sure how good or had they are where I mean, they have good quarterback play with Travis, but you know, they couldn't stop anything against Ole Miss and couldn't stop Florida state either. And Florida state's a good team, but they don't look as unbeatable as maybe they did week one when they played LSU. So for Mizzou, this is a shot. They got an opportunity and I think they're going to find a way. I really do. I don't know if LSU just does not seem to be on the same page right now. And the Brian Kelly, uh, entertainment show of the week is not going to stop Brandon. That man, I'll tell you what, he's got me intrigued, though. I got to hand it to Brian Kelly. I am fascinated with that LSU program. So, hey, if they hired it just for sheer outsider interest of how absurd it is, they got me dialed in. That's a good hire, LSU. Give them credit. Yeah, and I mean, I like LSU a lot. Here's uh, LSU staring down the barrel of a three and three start, which would be nothing short of disastrous, I think. Mm. Um, while Missouri is 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 you know better than some previous Tiger teams that, that I've seen since you know uh, Tiger legend Drew Locke was what was running the show there. Um, shout out Seattle uh, quarterback legend now had a huge pass to Noah Fant on Monday, broke my heart to see, but you know. Big fan of him, but you know this feels like a good spot for for them to come down. Yeah, it's it could be for sure. I mean, and that's not even remotely impossible. They're flying high though. They're at home. We'll see how good of a crowd they get in Columbia, as they've kind of struggled to draw throughout the last few years. Uh, but it's a winnable game for Mizzou because defense just is not getting the job done right now, but they have a great offense. It is a elite offense. If their defense can even halfway show up, I can fully agree with you, Brandon, but I'm going to say their defense doesn't and Mizzou finds a way to get it done. I like it. I mean, another, you know, classic SEC shootouts, all offense, no defense, just what, uh, you know, just means more, I guess. Mm. Is that the best ad campaign of all time? Is it like, I, you know, it just means more, you know, like, that you know, works, you know, that random girl, she's walking down the beach somewhere in Florida, and she's just like, it just means more down here. Like, yeah. honestly, that like it just started this like bizarre. I don't even know when the SEC chant started. Like, who started the SEC chant? We it, need it's our a good fake... chant. I'll, I'll give them that. I, I push a very heavy anti SEC agenda, the SEC chant. That's that's pretty good. It is. Good. No, it is. I, I I like it when it's used mockingly. I remember <laughs> yeah, a couple of years ago when Iowa State uh, played Texas in football. Iowa State crushed them. And student section just was, I mean, the whole stadium was just screaming, S-E-C, S. And it was funny. I mean, how yeah. was it not? I mean, That's it was a, a frustration night. Uh, so it was a good move. But it's a chant that everybody likes to chant because it just rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. It was built for a chance here, but yeah, the, the, the big 12, not, not very chanting friendly um, as far as if you're going to push that conference here, but um, some, some good games last week. Uh, yeah. We had some, we, we had some, some, some losses on there. So we'll kind of dive into to how that turns out here. Uh, three oh. and three for me, the, the worst week so far, you know, a very admirable uh, four and two record for you. 
last week as well. I mean, we were, I mean, we were, you were staring down the barrel of a, uh, of a six and season here. If TCU could get a field goal off or if uh, UCF doesn't blow our, no, a four touchdown lead. Uh, we were feeling great last week, Brandon. I thought, here we go. Maybe this is it. We finally see green across the board, but you know, sometimes uh, dreams are meant to be broken. And, you know, for some people, Maybe hopes and dreams are overrated, and uh, my hopes and dreams of a perfect season or a perfect week have to wait another week. And maybe uh, the good news is week six, we got a great board, and I think we can find a lot of green, maybe all green. I think so, and especially with a shortened uh, week, a couple of teams on a bye week, this is where where we got to eat, Drew Russell. We had the, the quantity early in the season with all the teams playing non-conference, but now this is you know this is where we, we beef up the uh, the percentage here. Um, granted, don't think I'll be picking Houston at any point throughout the rest of the season, uh, probably indefinitely going into next year as well. That felt like a bad beat, felt like a, a fine idea at the time. And maybe, you know, without the two special teams plays and the, the blocked punt and the, and the, uh, the, uh, the, the kickoff return, maybe that's a different game, but, uh, nonetheless, that feels like a bad beat, uh, seeing how the rest of the slate played out. Well, I'll be bold strategy uh if you were trying to go down that route cotton i'll say that uh, <laughs> you know but you know if you do though maybe maybe that should be like a weird like you get double you get two wins if you pick houston maybe, maybe yeah. we need to make a modification here you you go houston and they win you get two wins maybe maybe it provide a little incentive here just just an idea we don't do it necessarily this week but hey we're creative geniuses here on this podcast so i mean we'll come up with anything Absolutely. You know, that's not a bad move. I especially get some Houston related multipliers there. I, I, I don't hate that. I guess we'll see where, where, where they're at here. Um, let's see what the back half of the schedule looks like. Yeah, it's going to be a fun a week six schedule, though. It looks like a lot of fun, Brandon. We got five really good games, quite a, a few teams on by this week. But man, you just you look at these games, you think there is just fascinating matchups fascinating storylines within every single game you're absolutely right you know now that i'm actually looking at this i feel even less confidence about about the perfect five and oh slate as we were just talking about here because i mean there's these are some good matchups some real good pickums here um first of all all getting started kansas state oklahoma state on friday um this one feels pretty good to me I, i i'm really liking what we're upstanding this one kansas state um, coming off a of bye, Will Howard, um, you know, hopefully gets it, it got, got some R and R over last week and and got healthied up because if even if he's at like ninety percent, I think they cruise with this one um, pretty well on the road. Pretty good win for for the Wildcats there. Yeah, Oklahoma State. You know, they get a little bit of time off last week to try to figure things out a little bit and we'll see what they kind of do with their bi-week home game against a K-State team that you and I have both loved from the preseason, Brandon. And even though Oklahoma State, I think will put together one of their better showings of the season and maybe even their best showing of the season, Kansas State is just executing at a better level so far this year. And I would feel pretty crazy if I didn't take kansas state uh i mean they're decent favorites first off but just second off there i just think they're playing better football right now so i got k-state as well yeah if i was gonna sell you on the on the on the cowboys here i would sell you just on the fact that it's it's a friday evening game those games get a little bit more rowdy than, than usual over in Stillwater. um and then you, you get the, the bye week to kind of reset you know it's been a disastrous start for for the cowboys but you have Mike Gundy, who has seen it all before. He has seen elite national championship caliber teams in and and orange and black. And you've also, you know, he's seen some some real stinkers there in his time in Stillwater. This feels like a great opportunity for them to kind of reset and pick up a win and, and get right back on track. You know, there's not a great path to Arlington at this point, but to get to a bowl game and even that, like that eight win that seven, eight win mark would be outstanding for Oklahoma state, but that starts on Friday if they're going to get there. Yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, they've, you know, they've got to figure it out. I mean, coach Gundy all time coach at Oklahoma state. We've talked about it on this podcast already, so we don't have to dive deep again, but 
is a guy that's hearing it from his fan base right now. There's a guy that has pride. He, I think he's going to go with what he knows has worked for him in the past. And it could be that it continues to be great, or it could be kind of his last stand, uh, but still opportunities for Oklahoma state, but they've got to find a way to, you know, last year they had a great start, but then the horrible finish, they're going to feel a lot better going to the off season. Look, I'd rather have a bad start as weird as it sounds going to an off season, the great finish. Cause I feel you can build off a great finish. It's so tough to build momentum if you lose a bunch of games at the end of the season. You're absolutely right. And we've talked about how big momentum is just first of all, getting, getting active in the transfer portal. It's a lot easier to kind of build the vision of, Hey, here's, here's how far we came in those, uh, in those 12 weeks. And then also just with the, the power vacuum and the big 12, we'll talk about that quite a bit here. Um, we'll skip over this next game. We'll save that one for last. Um, an intriguing matchup here in Lawrence, central Florida, Going, uh, coming back to the Midwest here, uh, playing the Jayhawks. No word on if Daniels will, will, will play. There, there's some weird energy going on, going on there. I, I heard a theory that he wants to to transfer, so he wants to use, uh, get a red shirt here, um, so he can you still maintain this year of eligibility, which would match up. He's only played four games this year. If he were to have taken a snap, um against texas that 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 option goes goes by the wayside um and just you know at best there's some weird stuff going on that that we don't see here yeah and those you know for kansas they've got to tune that stuff out and just go play football of whoever is behind center Uh, i both teams have really weird vibes going into this week ucf ucf i mean they blow that major lead last week where they could be off to, you know, a pretty solid start at four and one pair of four and one teams. Instead, they're three and two. And there's kind of doubts of can we play at the Big 12 level or that's kind of creeped in a little bit at times. And then Kansas with the QB situation, a defense that's still not really good and an offense that is really good. Uh, but how effective can it be on the ground, especially with the backup QB and Bean, who has good legs, but not as reliable as a thrower as Daniels. So this is a tough call, Brandon. Uh, you know, I think we're going to have to ration this out a little bit because I, I seriously, this to me is a toss up. It really is just the way that this could play out. Yeah. Kansas two and a half point favorites. Um, they get that home home field bump here. Um, yeah. It looks like the la- latest uh, update from Jalen Daniels is that he missed practice. Um, not a whole lot of details given out, but just uh, listed as day to day. Didn't practice so far this week, so, so we'll see how, how that shapes up um, going into the weekend. Because of that, because of that one uncertainty, um, I can't in good heart bet on Kansas to win this football game. You know, we, we also talked a lot about how Gustavo um, is going to get his guys in and uh, and in, in, in the in the white and gold more dialed in after that embarrassing loss last week against Baylor. Give me UCF to, to win out right here as, as underdogs. Yeah, that's a great point. With no Daniels, this is such a different Kansas team. (laughs) And I think this is an interesting game for Lance Leipold as well as coach, because we're hearing there's, you know, it's sheer rumor mill, but look, there's a team out in Michigan that loses their coach the last couple of weeks. And, they might have the ability to throw out a little more money uh, and that could be a potential destination job. Who knows? So there is a lot of things swirling with Kansas. And I think this will be an indictment of how good this Kansas coaching staff is. There's still a winnable game at home. I think they can win with the backup. I'm going to go Kansas, uh, but this is going to be a fascinating, fascinating football game. You're absolutely right. This is the the new Big 12 kind of vision that I'm so excited about. Central Florida, Kansas, you know, especially with what Kansas has done over the last um, 15 games or so. Outstanding stuff. You I know, think. I know the, the Central Florida roster, like most Florida teams, comprise mostly of Florida players. That's a talent, or a hotbed talent in that state. How many of those players have ever been to Kansas? State of Kansas. Well, all of them, if I'm not mistaken, they played in Manhattan a couple weeks ago. 
I'm going to take off these headphones right now, Brandon, <laughs> and I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit right now. You're right. You got me two weeks ago. But before then, Brandon, before it, does then, not happen, it does not happen every single day uh, that this happens. That's the funny, the uh, two weeks. But, yeah, I'm going to take this egg off my face quick because <laughs> uh, I didn't put that one together. And uh, I guess the Big 12 really wanted to make sure Central Florida really felt like they fit in the Midwest if they were sending them to the state of Kansas twice within a month. Yeah, I I think that's the, the funnest schedule bit of, of this whole, you know, new four. And, you know, as you mentioned, it's a bummer that we don't get the round robin anymore. But it is kind of funny to see what teams get shafted. And, you know, welcome to the to, to the Big 12, buddy. Here's Manhattan and Lawrence, Kansas. And you're absolutely right. If, if, you, uh, if you're born in, in, and bred in Florida, there's no reason to ever go to Kansas. And now, no, yeah, they're not going to go to three weeks. Not going to Kansas. They're you know go to Iowa, and it'll get even funnier when we get to the West Coast next year. And there and there's some very cool states in the Big Twelve, and there's some cool talents in the Big Twelve. But yeah, they're just like you know a player for the University of Houston. What are the chances that they've been to Cincinnati, Ohio, in their life? Not You're great, right. you know, not great. So I, I, it, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. This is a fat. This is a fun matchup. This one I'll be catching a good amount. It is funny to me as like a West Virginia player, as like a senior cook going into next year, you know, you sign up for big 12 football and now you're playing a conference game in November in, in Tempe, Arizona. I, I don't know if I signed up for this. Yeah. I mean, what is good? You know, you're a kid that's in Tucson, Arizona, and you're just living life in November and they say, Oh, by the way, you're going to be going to Morgantown, West Virginia uh this week you've got a game out there cincinnati ohio ames iowa oh i'd love to see yeah have fun going to ames in in november oh boy you know and it's funnier even for basketball too i mean that's going to be a real adjustment for some of those southern schools uh i'm guessing you know houston cougars have an outstanding basketball team they have had some great success the last two years but I guarantee they're not going to love getting off the bus in January in a Lawrence, Kansas, or Names, <laughs> Iowa. I, I can just about guarantee that. But basketball, last time I checked, also played it indoors, so that's that's good yeah. too. I mean, the but the travel route regimen is is Ooh. insane, especially for those you know Arizona schools. Like, yeah, you have to fly up to to Seattle and 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 Pullman, Washington, every now and then. But now, now you're taking red eyes basically to to West Virginia and Florida. Like that was, that's not nothing. That's not nothing. It is not nothing indeed. I think it, I think it's a thing of beauty, to be brutally honest with you. I think these kids, you know, some of these guys probably never seen snow. So You're not kidding. That's going to be, like, I think, entertaining, oh, you know, if they, they might see that. That's not a joke. I, just, I mean, I, that's something no, I've had family right. in the past, friends that, like, they live in the South. They go to the Midwest, like we've never seen snow. What's that? What's that like? And I'm just imagining because, like, as a native North uh, Midwesterner, like, just that that when it's so cold, like it it hurts as soon as you step outside. And for somebody who has never experienced that to to get off the the plane in in Ames, Iowa, or Lawrence, Kansas, where it's 15 degrees out, wind chill of uh, of zero degrees, uh, get getting in late at night or early in the morning, I mean, just disgusting stuff that's outstanding i can't wait for that i can't wait for those stories i'm gonna give you know these new members uh a piece of advice you will adapt to the cold like you will it takes time and they might not be up there long enough but if for some reason you have a multi-week trip you have a few days where it's zero degrees outside trust me on this it gets to about 35 40 degrees makes the jump in a week or two it feels good enough outside. You put those windows down. It feels like heaven. If it, it could with forty degrees in February, it feels like heaven. If you're in the upper, you know, Midwest, upper Midwest in the winter, it really does. That's I, I'm not joking, Brandon. You've been there. Maybe maybe I'm sicker than you are. I mean, this is the sickos group, but I, I I'll put the window down forty forty five. If it's like been sub zero for a week or two, it feels awesome. You're not wrong. But I, I will also say being in the heat thins out your blood so quick that like 45 degrees to me now sounds like a nightmare. And it, and I've only been here for for two winters now. 
and it's a it, it's a nightmare. I got to get all my my travel up north out out by by Thanksgiving at the at the latest. Yeah, and I don't want to become the weather channel here. I could go <laughs> on about this all freaking day. But there is a difference too between like if it's a damp cold, Brandon, versus like a dry cold. You go out oh. and it's you're in Colorado, right? It's a dry cold. Look, cold's cold, right? It, it yeah. is what it is. A dry cold don't feel as bad. Like it's, no. you know, it's just what it is. If there's a lot of moisture in the air. Oh man, you can just feel that bad boy. It just seeps. Like you'd be have some decent layers on it. will like seep through layers and still get to you somehow. It's brutal. And then just uh, the, the brown slush is, is uh, what, 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 might catch some guys off guard because yeah you're right like once you do get snow that is pretty exciting but if you get to a place that had snow like a couple of weeks ago oh my god there that breaks my heart that that's going to be the first impression with snow for a lot of these players it's just the the, the frozen over brown slushy snow in the street and it, oh disgusting stuff oh I, I i hope it's about 34 degrees outside it's melted just enough and you can see that they see those bus tires go over that brown slush you just hear that beautiful <laughs> noise they I, you got to experience it and uh, those guys are like oh my gosh how do you how do you how do you deal with this but it's it's a sick mentality and students for you know in ames lawrence manhattan etc where it might be colder if it's a big game, they'll still stand outside, camp outside. Just a sick mentality uh, because they love their basketball so much. So I, I can't wait for hoop season. I can't wait for those weather changes. We still got a lot of great football, though. And uh, But I, I, that's the beauty of this Big 12, Brandon, is just the geographical differences of it all. I mean, I could, you know, I never thought I'd want to go to a paradise place in uh, January for Big 12 hoops. I got Orlando, Florida now. That's great. You know, I, I love, yeah, what a W. Let's go, let's go hang out with the, at Walt Disney World and uh, I'll bring uh, Side the Cyclone with me. We'll go all out. And lots of good football still uh, to be played, but before that, but yeah, Big 12 basketball is going to be electric this year. And even great. going forward, adding in uh, Arizona, it's going to be awesome. Adding in, yeah. you know, just the, the, those other schools to kind of fill in some, response here the best conference of basketball gets even better and it's sick yeah, to think about we're, and we're going to be there every step of the way they're going to be whatever every step of the way we can't wait without a doubt um the next game that i want to talk about here texas tech and baylor uh boy what a what a what an interesting game this is very different than where i had um i had pegged this game going into the season both teams very uh, disappointing starts to the season, but both teams picked up surprising, uh, surprisingly big wins last week. Um, Texas Tech needed a couple of uh, big special teams plays. Baylor needed a 28-point comeback in the second half. How do you see this game going? I have no idea how to read this. It's tough to read this because at the beginning of the season, Texas Tech had a clear, like, I felt QB advantage. That's not the case right now with an injury. Baylor at the beginning of the season, I thought, I thought had a little bit more talent. I kind of now think Tech has a little more talent, or at least has played a little better, maybe. And that's a big maybe. This is a weird game because it's the two most underperforming teams in the conference outside of maybe Oklahoma State this year. They've been pretty disappointing. The both were in the upper half of the preseason standings rankings. Uh, look, state of Texas, we talked about it already this week about how much they love football. It's intense. Fan bases are crazy. And the loser of this game, that fan base is going to be furious. Not necessarily calling firing, not necessarily that, but it's just, you know, these type of losses just seep deep into the bones of these fan bases that they will hold on to for a while. So this is a tough one, Brandon. I don't, I think your know, turnovers, you can say all the normal stuff with turnovers and, you know, good special teams. You hopefully can get a, a solid running game, but this is a game where both these teams, big question marks. And I don't even know if we'll answer those questions. These games, it'll just be try to find a way to survive this week. And, uh, uh, 
see if you can find improvement that next and see if they can get a win. Yeah, I mean, both of these teams stand on the barrel of a two and four start, which is terrifying. I'm, uh, I'm sure for both of these fan bases going into the games um, or going into the season, I'm sure they wouldn't have believed you if you said they they'd be two and four going into going into you know the second week of October. But that's what one of these two teams is going to have to deal with here. Um, as far as my pick goes, it's it's so tough to gauge. Uh, Primetime game in Waco. I I'll, I'll give them the the uh, I'll pick them just because of that. But man, there's a, a hundred different ways this, this game could go, and I don't feel good about any one of them. But it'll be a good game for sure. I I, I can bet on that pretty pretty well. Give me. I think a game that's you would think a one possession game. Uh, you know, it's it, it is funny because Texas Tech has been bad on the road this season. Brandon, you know, they to lose at Wyoming, lose at West Virginia, who is, you know, showing their stripes and competing a little better, I think, than anticipated as well. So you give them a lot of credit. They haven't looked good on the road, though. You think, okay, well, Baylor, uh, boy, that's an easy call. Baylor at home. They had a very difficult opening week loss by 11. And then they lose once again in on Nash on primetime TV to Texas by a pretty healthy margin. So it's not like home field advantage has helped them. I'm going to say Tech's running game finds a way. And I'm going to take Texas Tech. Uh, this is going to be a very close football game, though. I, you know, these last two games, Brandon, it is a true. I'm just tempted to get coin out, flip it, whatever happens. I, I would be okay with, but just interesting games. And up here, uh, another game that's a little bit more in interesting than I probably would have pegged going into the going into the contest: TCU and Iowa State. Iowa State, both teams coming off of losses where I, I feel like they both kind of ended up being disappointed in. Um, probably more so TCU than than Iowa State, but Iowa State probably not too happy with with how that second half turned out against Oklahoma. Um, what does an Iowa State win look like here? You know, they've got to continue to be aggressive, airing out the football. They've got to let Rocco uh, just do what he needs to do with that QB position. And the offensive line played better, even in a loss at OU last week. Running game even had spurts throughout, so give them a lot of credit. Um, defensively, they've got to clean things up. Just when you think that's usually been the strength of a Matt Campbell team has been the defense. Uh, they haven't been great the last two weeks, so they've got to find a way to clean that up. TCU, though they have a great passing attack, they've got a good amount of talent. Uh, for me personally, even though Iowa State has some beautiful, uh, you know, hundred-year commemorative uniforms this week of for uh, you know Jack Trice, which is outstanding. Uh, I got TCU personally. I think it'll be a close game. This is a season-defining game for TCU. Look. I think a lot, most people thought they would take a step back going into the season. Just, you know, last year was crazy. And the fact that they made the championship game last year under a first-year coach really was nuts. So I don't think the step back is shocking. But look, the two, you know, losing to Colorado week one, you know, kind of hit a little bit of a buzz saw is what it is. Last week's loss to West Virginia at home definitely raised a couple more eyebrows of, whoa, this is pretty wild that they lost to a team that you know on paper isn't the best team in this conference but they were able to find a way so this is a major major game for TCU I'll say they find a way yeah interesting spot for for Texas Tech because you're right the, the step back isn't too too shocking but you lose at home as a 20 point favorite to, uh, to Colorado you lose as a 14 point favorite to West Virginia um just not where, where where you want to be, and, and I think this we we, we expected a, a bit of a, a step back, but there's a, a big difference between a step back from a national championship runner-up team and the no offense losing to Iowa State. Um, so I don't think that they've yeah. fallen back quite that far. Um, I still have questions about Iowa State's run game, um, as I'm sure Cyclone fans all over do, and it's just tough for for, for me to 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 see them having enough success to, to keep up with this TCU TCU offense. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree, Brandon, and we'll see what kind of response uh, uh, 
in that special teams department as well that both teams kind of have up their sleeve. Uh, TCU did not have a good week last week in that department. We'll see if they can clean things up. And Iowa State has been a little better there this year, so maybe they can find their own punt block or, uh, excuse me, field goal block or both. That'd be uh, yeah. something that's uh, for sure uh, pretty cool. So you never know. Yeah, absolutely right there. And now the big one, Texas and Oklahoma, um, future SEC matchup. Um, it is pretty unfortunate that like going forward, like this is a big game in the Big 12. This is going to determine who's got the the inside track to Arlington. And going forward, it'll be like, oh, well, you know, whoever wins this game will, will be on pace for fourth best in the SEC. So hats off to them. Um, but, hey, happy for them. Happy they're, you know. Hey, I, you know, as a, as a big fish, you know, sometimes you got to go be a, be a little fish every now and then. So that's off to them. Good experience for them. Um, outstanding game though. I mean, both teams who were kind of coming in with their hair on fire, five and oh, both their quarterbacks playing lights out. Um, how do you think this one's going to shape up? Well, it's going to be a fascinating game. Uh, clearly that doesn't need to be said. I do know QB play is always going to be impactful. I'm really curious how Dylan Gabriel plays. He's played really well so far this season, but he is not going to, he hasn't spaced that type of intensity or pressure uh, in terms of a football game. Like he will Saturday against Texas. Texas has already played in a pressure cooker game this year, going to Alabama hostile environment. Give them credit. They passed the test with flying colors in that victory. So QB play is going to be really interesting because uh, Oklahoma's defense is pretty opportunistic. And, you know, Texas is turnover prone offensively, even though they know how to rack up yards. So this game has always been just fascinating. It's one of the great rivalries in all of college sports. These two fan bases absolutely hate each other. And that's what makes college football a lot of fun. So, uh, to start off with, for me personally, Brent, I'm keeping an eye on the QB play, but I'm also keeping an eye on, I think, just, you know, the pageantry and the uh, energy of both teams. Both teams can be hyped. I think both teams will be ready to go. Oftentimes, though, you can overhype yourself or be a little too anxious and, you know, you might make a mental mistake or something like that. Who can stay more disciplined, especially in that first half, I think, where, you know, emotions run a little higher before you settle in and that second half yeah i i think that's a big spot here for for both of these teams if i was gonna sell you on oklahoma i would sell you on the fact that they haven't had to 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 show their cards yet i and i i think there's a little bit of both uh, a little bit of truth to this for both teams as far as i don't think they've hit their best they're that they're fifth sixth gear quite yet um texas may be showing a little bit more of that against uh alabama but with, with oklahoma you kind of look at the slate arkansas state smu tulsa cincinnati iowa state you know when, when you're kind of mapping out your season and kind of how you want to gear up and and get to, to playing your best ball late i i could kind of see a, a scenario where you're like okay well let's really kind of get the basics right in the, the first month and a half of the season then that way when we you know meet up with texas and dallas we can really turn on the jets and show them some things that they they can't prepare for um where texas probably showed a little bit more tape um having to play against alabama and kind of put together a little bit of a of a roadmap there um whether or not they, they can adjust i i think that would be a a big what if and maybe the talent gap is so big in, in austin it doesn't matter but if I was going to sell you on Oklahoma, that's what, what where I would be pointing it towards. Yeah, that, that was actually the question I was going to ask you is, OU's got a ton of talent on their team. And, and I was going to ask, how big is that talent gap? Or like, is it, because I think most would say that Texas, if you looked at the full roster, has more talent on that roster overall than Oklahoma. I don't think it's, I think it's pretty close though. Uh, I, I don't know if you have any opinions on just like overall talent of both teams. Is there that big of a difference? I don't see it, uh, but maybe I'm missing something. No, I, I don't think that the talent gap is too big there. If I'm looking at anywhere, I'm kind of looking at, at this Texas run run game 
as far as and we talked about this last week, just the cohesiveness of a Texas offensive line. They got some guys who are going to be playing on Sunday. And then you also have, you know, their, their, their new their new toy in Jonathan Brooks, who's been outstanding already, almost 600 yards, six touchdowns on just 86 carries. Oklahoma doesn't quite have a back like that. Um, but you can also probably point to, to some parts of the defense that Oklahoma probably hits uh, a more higher end ability and then obviously where these coaches come from stark on, on the offensive side of the football is going to be probably a little bit more dialed in than, than oklahoma but brett venables and his defensive background will probably have that sooner defense a little bit more more dialed in than, than texas but overall talent wise it, it, it's it's not that big of a gap and it really contrasts pretty well yeah i fully agree with that and I think OU's defense as a unit plays better than Texas defense as a unit, at least through five games this season. Uh, but, you know, Texas, I think, offensively has a little more talent than OU's as of right now. So it's a fascinating game, Brandon. You forced me to pick. <laughs> this is a tough one. Texas, I think, has been the team to beat throughout this season here in the Big 12. And as of right now, they just have not given us a lot of reasons not to pick them. So for that reason, I'm picking Oklahoma. And I think the reason is I just, I don't know. I, I just, first off, yes, it's really is that simple sometimes. <laughs> for, I hate the Longhorn Network. I, I don't, maybe this is an emotional pick. But, you know, Oklahoma has the talent, clearly. And they're not afraid of, like, neither team is afraid of each other. A lot of teams will step into a field and they're scared of Oklahoma. A lot of teams step on the field, they're scared of Texas. No one's scared in this game. It is just sheer hatred. Both teams genuinely think they're better than each other, and that's what makes it great. And OU, this rivalry has often never made sense, and that's why I'm going to go OU on Saturday. I don't know why. I, I just... Sometimes it's just a sheer just guess vibe, and uh, I'll, I'll show some respect to the great Adrian Peterson as well, uh, OU alum. And well, let me just ask you this, because one thing that uh, I always forget about when, when I'm coming into this week, uh, Dylan Gabriel didn't play last year. Uh, he had that concussion against TCU, and they had, let's see, five different players throw passes last year. And now, granted, it was, a, it was a mess from beginning to start losing – 49 to zero, but you, you mentioned the pageantry of this game. Um, now that Dylan Gabriel is healthy and is playing very well coming into this game, do you think that that's a huge, do you think that's like a 49 point swing kind of a, an upgrade with Oklahoma? Or do you think that this kind of situation where, you know, this is a tough situation that's big time game that Quinn Ewers was a part of last year. Quinn Ewers has been a part of for a couple of years now. Um, and they kind of get it a little bit more, or or is it that big of a jump to have your your outstanding quarterback in play? That's a great question, Brandon. QB, I don't know if a one player is going to change forty nine points. I maybe, but I I doubt it, and I don't think Dylan Gabriel is probably going to change a seven touchdown difference last year. I do know this: off season workouts and most college football places are not fun. They are brutal. They're grueling. You have to get up very early in a winter morning where, going to be honest, Brandon, I'd like to try to sleep in when it's cold outside because I don't want to do anything. And these guys are working weights. They've got coaches screaming at them. They're running sprints or lifting weights, whatever. And I'm sure OU, if I had to guess, got told a lot in those sessions and throughout preseason that you lost by 49 points last year to your hated rival. And I'm guessing that ticked off a lot of dudes in that locker room. You know, media-wise this week, both teams believe they're going to win. They have the confidence they're going to win. But both kept it, I guess, relatively clean in terms of bulletin board material for the other team for the most part. Uh, but, you know, for all you guys, they're, they know 49 zeros in the back of their head. You know they're still ticked off about that. And they are going to ride a wave of emotion, especially I bet that first two, three series, there's there's going to be some hard hits on both sidelines. Um, it's just, can they manage those emotions? That's going to be the question. I say, yes. I say they find a way. 
Brent Venables gets a signature signature win in his second year at OU. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Give me, give me Oklahoma. And granted, if there is anybody who can make a uh, a 49 point swing, it's your quarterback in Dylan Gabriel, and especially with how he's been playing this year. And you're right. Um, I think it's much more likely that Oklahoma comes in way more dialed in and pissed off after losing 49-0 last year than Texas does, you know, coming off of that big win. But, you know, it's a, it's a rivalry game. Also, quick fun fact out there for you that drives me crazy. Um, this is the only football game this year that's going to be played in the Cotton Bowl. Um, they have, and I know what you're thinking, well, don't they have the Cotton Bowl during bowl season? Yeah, they play that at an 18th Stadium now. So this is it. This they have one. They have this great ninety thousand seat venue, icon of college football. So much history there. And yeah, Saturday is gonna gonna be it. You know what? Here's our. You know what? We had a sidebar last show, and I'm gonna tell you what, Brandon. This is my sidebar. I hate. You know, I've never been to Europe, so I'm not gonna pretend I know. But they have like churches, places over there. They've been around for hundreds upon hundreds of years, right? Like been around forever. And I hate in this country that we got to build a stadium like every 30 years, every 40 years. And I don't know how old, you might have to research quick how old the Cotton Bowl is in Dallas, the the stadium they're in Saturday. I think it's a great stadium. It, it always produces great games. Players like playing in iconic venues. They like, I don't know. Many athletes, if any, that don't like that say, I don't like playing in a stadium with history. I'm not into that. You know, like, I think that is something that's that's interesting to me personally. So, like, you know, Brandon, I don't know. I it's upsetting. It's upsetting. I'll tell you right now. It's upsetting. It's, Light bulb it, went it, on. it is very upsetting. And it's it is crazy because you look at what's happened throughout other historical venues. So the Orange Bowl is gone. I think that has more to do with Miami falling off the map than any of the allegations and the, the, the NCAA violations that they had. Now that they play in an NFL stadium 25 minutes away from campus, it's that's not that's not a winning formula. And then you look at how folks talk about the Rose Bowl out in Pasadena with such high esteem that it's it, it's crazy that you have this opportunity to to keep this game in the in the in this iconic venue. Um and then you, you sacrifice it for for AT and T Stadium. Now, I in the past I kind of have gotten like for a playoff game, like AT and T Stadium is probably a little bit more more built for it. But I mean, what and and now even high schools don't even use that game because they don't uh, they, they play all their games at AT and T Stadium too. But yeah, it, it would it, it is just such a bummer. It is, but that's the world of college football, and I for one. Because Texas State Fairs, uh, it always happens the same time with this yep. game. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's pretty interesting, which it sounds like Brandon Shanahan needs to get himself some uh, a funnel cake or something if they got that going on uh, around the same time. I've never been to the Texas State Fair, but it always looks like a electric time. Uh, of course, I'm more interested in the football game. Yeah, I mean the Texas State Fair is no joke. They got these giant uh, turkey legs that you got to get. I mean it's a it's a great time. They'll fry anything down there. They fry Oreos, they fry Snickers, they fry, you know, anything that they can get their hands on is fried. Hey, that sounds uh, you know, give me twelve, please. That sounds uh, <laughs> pretty dang good. Oh, perfect, outstanding stuff. Outstanding slate of games here. I think we got a, a good slate of games. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Red River is probably the more intriguing of the group here outside of that, which of these games are you looking forward to the most? That's a great question. Uh, Honestly, I got to say that UCF Kansas game is really interesting to me. I mean it. I think that's a fascinating, fascinating game, but it's two A, two B and two C between UCF Kansas, Texas tech, Baylor and TCU, Iowa state. I think, and even Kansas state, Oklahoma state's interesting. All five games. Genuinely. I have peaked interest in each one of them this weekend. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. There, there's. I don't think there's going to be a single blowout this week. And if it, I mean, they're all within seven point point spreads of each other, including Texas Tech Baylor, which is basically a pick 'em. So outstanding stuff throughout the conference here. And yeah, it should it's be a great incredible week here. 
It's incredible. So, you know, uh, been a great season. I don't expect that to change. And I, for one, can't wait going forward what's going to happen uh, with the Big 12. I Hard to believe, Brandon, we're almost to the halfway point. You're absolutely right. And before we wrap up, let me just tell you about our friends over at Tracks Lounge, the world's best chicken. You know hockey just around the corner here in Omaha. And there's no better spot post-game or pre-game than Tracks Lounge in Exarbon for over 50 years. Tracks Lounge has been a neighborhood staple in the heart of Exarbon and Elmwood. They run by a small, mighty team, friendly bartenders, saucy cooks. They work hard to bring you the best, and they certainly live up to it. Mobile ordering now available for the first time through Tracks Lounge, the world's best chicken in Exarbon. Well, perfect, Drew Russell. That's all I had for the week. Anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? Hey, let's find some wins across the board this weekend. Uh, Best of luck uh, to Nebraska and to uh, see if they can get back in the win column, Brandon, and uh, hopefully my beloved Cyclones and, you know, at Arkansas. uh, I don't know. I'm not talking about it anymore. I'm not talking (laughs) about it anymore. I've gotten mad enough. We're at Ole Miss this weekend. So, uh, you know, just I'm going to fall asleep at Ole Miss. We got to go to Alabama as well the next week. So, you know, we'll be two and five. Just don't wake me up uh, for a while, okay? <laughs> I'm right there with you with Nebraska. We can't pick up a win this week. It, it's it's a wrap. It's, it's a wrap. not we'll, pretty. We'll pack things up here. So, pull it for Brian Ferentz. Keep getting those points, buddy. Absolutely. Well, perfect. That's all, all we got here today. We'll, uh, we'll we'll be back on the air next week. Catch us on Twitter. Uh, Sunday mornings, we always do our Husker Hangover show. Um, recap college football, outstanding stuff throughout the, the week here on the Corners Connection Network. Daily college football content coming your way any way you want it.